Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my name is Rich and this is an FPL tips video for game week 10. Um, it's a new series that I'm going to be doing. Basically, we're going to pick a few topics um, that are pertinent to game week 10 and we're going to try and keep the video short and concise and basically look into a bit of data using the Fantasy Football Scout members area um, to try and answer tricky questions that have been asked for this week. Um, so any feedback in the comments would be appreciated. Um, any suggestions um, for game week 11 and beyond? Um, but let's get straight into it. So the first thing um, has been obviously the hat-trick heroes for the game week. Now, originally, um, I was going to include just Foden and, and Trossard. But after the Monday night game, I thought I'd include Madison as well. Um, now, obviously, there's an exclusion of Haaland. But I feel like it goes without saying um, that he's probably the best captain option this week. And if you don't have him, go and get him. So we're going to be working off that assumption. Um, now, what I've done here is I've used the Fantasy Football Scout comparison tool basically to compare all three of the players that I mentioned. So Trossard's got a hat-trick this week, Foden got a hat-trick this week, and Madison, he got a brace um, and an assist as well. So they all got a hat-trick um, in, in some ways, just it was three attacking returns. Um, that's also worth saying that all five, all three of these players have had five goals this season. Trossard's had one assist and Foden, Foden and Madison have had two assists. Um, now, obviously, looking at this, I mean, my initial thoughts before I delved into the data was that Foden was absolutely clear of these guys. Um, it's, I don't think it's really the case. Um, I mean, Trossard, he's played a game less than Foden, um, but Foden obviously plays for the best attacking team in possibly in the world, definitely in Europe, um, definitely in the Premier League. And if, if you look at this... Foden's only slightly ahead of Trossard and I mean it really really surprised me and I guess I had this bias um, we're all captain in Haaland at the moment so I guess it feels a bit nicer to have Foden because then you can potentially get not just the captain goal but the assist or Haaland can get the assist for Foden but Trossard's numbers really stand out and I know Joe early in the week was talking about this on, on the Scoutcast video um, that he was even looking at captaining Trossard in, in a future game week um, so yeah just delving into this data I mean, I think I'd still go Foden um, for the for the reasons I've just said. You know, Man City are the best attacking team in the league. He seems absolutely nailed at the moment. Um, I'm recording this during the Champions League game, so Foden's not even started tonight. So with game week 10 in mind, he looks like a great option at home to Southampton. So Foden would be the one I'd be jumping on. Um, now, I included Madison as well. His data doesn't look as good. Um, now, obviously, his you know he scored a free kick on on Monday night against Forest, which is going to be a low xG chance. Um, but he's in you know he's in incredible form at the moment. Um, so I mean I wouldn't discount him, but 
but for me trossard and foden are just you know com- completely clear um but i would i would go for foden um you know an expected goal involvement of 3.97 over those eight games um edges trossard who's had a 3.39 although now brighton have got a new manager um maybe things are about to improve even further and maybe it's that player i remember when trossard signed um you know, into the league, went to Brighton. There was a lot of talk about him being the new Hazard, and it—I mean, it's never—it's never really materialised. He's been quite a frustrating asset to own, but I mean, the underlying data looks good. He's—you know—he's playing in an attacking role again. That was mentioned on—that was mentioned on the scout cast. Um, you know, a lot of the time Potter played him at wing back. While that didn't hamper his xG at all, we were looking at players like Gross. So, yeah, both both of these are heavily on my radar: Foden and Trossard, Madison less so. Like. If I, I mean, I don't own, own him, full disclosure. So if I owned him, I'd be over the moon. I'd be delighted. I, w- I wouldn't be selling. But there's players that I'm probably going to be looking at more than Madison, you know, if I don't own. I mean, another player that's not even on, on this list um, because he didn't score a hat-trick um, was Wolf Zaha. And I mean, his fixtures look incredible right up to game week 16 with the World Cup. So for me, he's probably a priority as well o- over Madison. And I even really like Saka. Um, a bit like Zaha, he's on penalties as well. Because I guess one thing you could say with these three players that we've got on screen, none of them are on penalties. And that can make a big difference come the end of the season. You know, you can get 20 to 30 points for free, basically, when you start popping in the bonus points that they might get, you know, if they're scoring the penalties. Um, obviously, Zaha's not that like, great at penalties, but I always, you know, with penalties, I'm glass half full. I'm going to assume, you know, it's, it's free points. So yeah, they're they're the you know the hat trick heroes as it were for the game week. Um, we're going to move on now. Um, now we it, I'm recording this like I said it's on Wednesday, so we haven't had much news on Mitrovic. We don't know if he was just being preserved um, because you know he was carrying that injury through the break um, for Serbia, and they were losing already against Newcastle. You know they were down to ten men, or if it's an actual serious injury that we need to take you know a little bit more notice at and maybe look at removing Mitrovic. So what I've used here is basically the projections um, using the Rate My Team tool um, to have a look at the best strikers and possibly the best Mitrovic replacements. Now, I think the one key thing to say here is Mitrovic is obviously projected to get 1.95 points. And that, I assume, is because his minutes have been adjusted because potentially he's injured. Um, so I would say, you know, if it wasn't for that, we have to remember that Mitrovic is basically... And I, I don't like using essential like too often um but i'm going to in this circumstance i feel like harland goes without saying i've mentioned it already he's essential i don't really think you can play the game without owning harland and probably for this week without captaining him now there's a lot of frustration around mitrovic because a lot of people wildcarded to get him a couple of weeks ago or used a precious transfer um to get him and i think we just have to remember how good he's been how good his underlying numbers have been you know the number of goals he's scored um you know, he's 90 minute man, he's the talisman, he's on penalties, you know, he ticks every single box and he does it for a good price. You know, he's only 6.9 million um, at the moment. So I feel like we don't replace Mitrovic, you know, just willy nilly. We have to wait for news um, and find out what's going on. Because I think personally, if I know that Mitrovic is going to be back in a week, maybe two weeks, um, you know, we might get vague news. I'm probably going to try and hold him and just use my bench fodder um, to keep Mitrovic in because I feel that strongly about him. 
and how important it'd be and you know you'll sell him and then you'll want to buy him back because you know he's got that potential to go big for such a for such a good price um with with those fixtures so I'm I'm not saying definitely definitely sell him but I think we have to look at the alternatives now I feel like there's I mean the big one last week and a lot of people went for him was Solanke and I completely understand why you know he's again to mention these talisman players that's what he was in the championship for Bournemouth last season um we were also hoping with these fixtures or people that bought Solanke were hoping with these fixtures that Bournemouth being bottom of the expected goals table by an absolute mile um he's completely rock bottom we had a video on scout um on the scoutcast showing um how bad Bournemouth have been um Andy teach mode even went to the game and I guess he was hoping for an entertaining game of football and he, he, I mean he didn't get that um and the numbers and you know watching them on match of the day it looked like a horrific match so Solanke after that game has, has not imp- not improved Bournemouth haven't improved um attacking wise so it, it makes me want to even though the fixtures are good now to wait a little bit for Solanke. I wouldn't, I feel like if it was last week, Mitrovic was injured, maybe I'd be a bit more willing to save that little bit of money. You know, and it's only like 1.1, 1.2 million um, that we'd save. Um, and I wouldn't want to start him every week. So, well, you know, if you, if I own Solanke, I wouldn't be desperately trying to get rid of him. I'm a little bit cooler on him and I'm willing to wait for Mitrovic. Now, if for any reason Mitrovic is out a long period of time, I feel like despite Tony's best fixture just having gone, um, and that's that Bournemouth game I mentioned that that was awful, I feel like he's probably the the clear replacement because I guess you'll still have that money if you needed to go back to Mitrovic quickly. And Tony ticks a lot of boxes that Mitrovic ticks. You know, he's a similar price. There's 0.4 in it. So obviously you'd have to have the money to do that. And I, I mean, I wouldn't do a hit. I wouldn't remove Mitrovic for Tony for a hit. But, you know, Tony himself, all the boxes that Mitrovic ticks, you know, being that talisman, the penalties, the 90 minutes, the underlying data, underlying data is still good as well. So I feel like just like for like, Tony would be the replacement I'd go for. But I think I'd want I'd want to wait if possible. Um, and I hope we get clearer news. I really do. You know, like I say, I'm recording this on Wednesday. I don't want to lose Mitrovic. Personally, I'm happy just playing someone like Botman or Bailey. I'm sure people have got better benches than me. Um so yeah, so that that's my thoughts there. You know, they completely threw in the towel when they were down to 10 men. So they're so good at home. You know, I'm not giving up on Fulham. I'm not giving up on Mitrovic. And I don't see, sometimes you're glad a player's injured because you can just bring in another replacement. I don't feel that's the case with Mitrovic. There's players like Bamford and Wilson. Potentially, you know, I don't feel like they're as nailed because they're injury, you know, they are injury prone or have been injury prone. I mean, they've shown it this season, to be fair. Um, and they've consistently shown it in the past. So, th- I mean, they feel a little bit risky. Um, although, again, they do tip the penalties box. So, I mean, if you're, if you're feeling a little bit more adventurous, maybe you could go for a Wilson or a Bamford. I, I just don't see much in this. And, I, I mean, if he was out long term, I think I'd even look at bringing the money down if you can still get through the blank and then get that money into midfield. I think that would, that would be my preference. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a really tough one. I hope we get more information. But to wrap it up, um, Tony would be the, my replacement if I could do it not for a hit and Mitrovic was out for a long time Solanke yeah I guess he'd do um, but I personally I want to see a little bit more from him and a little bit more from Bournemouth um, before I make that decision so now we're going to move on to now this is a different one so it's a different position it's going back to midfielders again um, now this is actually so a bit where we want to discuss the five point ish mids um, 
because maybe some people want to look at going freemium. Um, maybe, maybe they don't, but you know, we had good performances again from Almiron and Xhaka, for example. I myself have Bailey. Um, so I thought it was something to look into, you know, quickly because it depends on your team structure. Maybe you are shopping around in the, the bargain basement bin. So what I've got here is these stats are from this season. Um, quite simply, it's XGI. These are midfielders that are sorted by XGI and they're under 5.5 million um, using, using the scout table. So you can see actually right at the top is Almiron. And, you know, from reading Newcastle forums, seems like he's pretty much undroppable at the moment even with Wilson coming back and they were and with Isaac coming back as well it it would feel harsh from what they're saying for him to be dropped um I know he had a lot of potential when he came into the league you know people were very excited about him all that time ago and it's never really materialized for him but I mean he's up there with um with his teammate Joe Willock uh, with 0.47 XGI over the season um, with Solly March just behind, um, which is interesting. Then you've got Harvey Elliott, um, Damari Gray, Gibbs White, Podence and Bobby Decova reed um, Now, they're the, they're the top few. Um, they're all above 0.3 XGI per game, which, to be honest, for their prices, I mean, it's it's not great. It's not great, but it's, it's not bad either. What I've then done is I've searched for Bailey and Zaka because they weren't showing up high enough in the table. They're actually, I was quite surprised with Zaka playing you know, much more advanced that he's down at 0.24 expected goal involvement. Um, these are per 90 as well. Sorry, not over the season. These are per 90. So he's actually quite low. And there's, I mean, there's so many Arsenal players you could go for. Again, on the Scoutcast, we were talking about this because there's Jesus, for example, who I didn't mention as a Mitrovic replacement. But potentially, you know, if you can get through that blank, maybe get, getting uh, Jesus in would be you know, a, ni- a nice thing to do. So then you've got Saka, you've got Martinelli, and I mean, the defenders as well. You know, Saliba has been a hero for some people. I really like Tony and Gabriel. There's Zinchenko, there's Ben White's cheap. Um, I think people are giving up on Ramsdale, but there's so much choice at Arsenal. So I feel like this kind of shows that Saka, there's just so many reasons not to do it. I mean, maybe he's a good pick. You know, if you're playing draft FPL, for example, and he's on the waivers, you know, it feels like that kind of pick. Um, maybe you could pick him up. But I feel like for your actual FPL team, I think surprisingly, Almiron would be clear of him. Um, Bailey, the player I own, you know, I got him because he's 4.7 million. I'm always nervous about his minutes. He's He's been starting recently, but then he does get subbed off early. And again, his data's not great. You know, 0.27 XGI per 90. Um, so surprisingly, Almiron, um, after, you know, Monster Hall at the weekend, he looks like the one, to be honest. Um so yeah, so we move on now um, to the final tip for the week. So we covered midfielders, we covered strikers, so we've got to cover premium defenders as well, because um, I feel like there's a lot of people losing patience um, with the with the premium defenders. So quite simply, what I thought I'd do is I'd sort sort the, all the defenders this season by XGI to see are basically are the premium defenders worth it. And I mean, unsurprisingly, Trent is top and Reese James is, is second. You'll have to ignore Coletta Carr. He's only played, um, he, he's a Southampton defender. I think he's Croatian. He's only played one game for them. So that's a bit of an outlier. So I apologize for leaving, then leaving that in. But I mean, it shows. So Trent, Reese, and Trippier are very popular defenders. And I mean, they are the top three, but they're not that far clear. I mean, I mentioned Arsenal defenders. Gabriel is 0.17. You know, he's not he's a, he's going to be a great option after after the blank. But this does show that Trent is still the top. You know, he's expensive, but he's still the most attacking defender in the game based on underlying data for this season. 
followed by Reese James, um, who's you know a personal favourite of mine. So it's a tough one. I feel like I would want, I wouldn't be selling them, um, but I also wouldn't be ripping my team up to you know to get them in. Um, there's going to be a place for them. I think after this blank game week's gone, we're going to be wanting players like Trent back if we don't have them already. Um, a lot of people have Reese James. I know there's people thinking, is it worth going Perisic to Reese James? Potentially, yes. I mean, Perisic isn't showing on this list. Um, obviously, a big reason for that is probably, I mean, first of all, he's been, he's probably not been as good as he's been hyped up to be um, with his with his data. So, you know, that, that that's one of the main reasons. But also his minutes, and you're not going to give the best value that you can. You know, a bit like Trent's doing or could do, or a bit like Trent's done over the last few seasons, not like he's doing this season. He's, but he's also been unlucky. I feel like, you know, he didn't get that assist at the weekend. That could have changed the narrative a bit. Um, obviously, they're not keeping clean sheets, and that's the bread and butter. But I just feel like with the premium, you're paying for the attacking output as well. And again, Cancelo's not showing on this list as well. It's actually quite surprising. The Liverpool guys are still, you know, still right up there, Robertson and Trent. Um, maybe the defenders just aren't as good this year. We, a lot of us thought they were underpriced. Um, maybe they weren't, but I think that was slightly by accident. You know, I don't think we expected such drop off from Liverpool. Chelsea have been disappointing um, with the with the number of clean sheets, but at least Reese James appears to be nailed again now. Um, so yeah, so yeah, there's not much of a conclusion here. The conclusion I think is I would stick with the ones you have. But there's plenty of cheap options if you need to go for them. And I feel like actually um, players like players that don't, when you're looking at the cheaper players, then you might just look a bit more at the clean sheet data. So what I've done here is I've basically got they're all 20 Premier League teams and the number of goals they've conceded are in the second column and the expected goals conceded are in the right hand column. So you can see, I mean, I think most people would guess you know, that Man City and Arsenal would be right up there. And it's a shame they're the two teams that blank in game week 12. And I think it's why we've got, you know, so many weird dilemmas at the moment. Um, Brighton, obviously new manager. So let's see if they can continue because Duncan Webster are massively on my radar right now. Um, but I do think after the blank, despite all that, despite all the good options, I haven't even mentioned Palace. They're low down here, but they've got very, very, very good fixtures. So I think players like Gahi at 4.3, they're going to be very tempting. But when we get past that blank game week, I feel like we're all going to be wanting to pile back into City, Arsenal and probably Trent as well. With that run of fixtures, I wouldn't feel that comfortable without Trent. So I feel like it's not the time to be selling them, but it's also not the time to be buying them. And I do think there's going to be a lot of investment after the blank. This, this blank game week, it's probably been the worst two teams it could be. Um, unless you want a bit of chaos because it's completely blown everything apart. So my conclusion for this is basically I'll I, I'd be very cautious with, with the moves, with the moves I make. I mean, personally, I haven't got Cancelo, I haven't got Trent and I'm thinking of ways, how am I going to get them back after the blank? Now that table I showed before, Cancelo's not actually showing in that his attacking data has not been that great. Although he has just got an assist tonight in the Champions League. And I feel like with Cancelo, the big thing for him is look at Man City. They are, you know, the best defensive team in the league and he's the most nailed defender. So, I mean, maybe someone like you could gamble on someone like Akanji after the break, after the blank. And that's maybe what I'm hoping and, but I can't rely on it. So I feel like I'm going to have to get a plan to actually, despite all I've said, you know, try and get those players in, in, in the future game weeks after, after the blank. But I thought this is really interesting. I mean, Brighton obviously really, really stand out, but, Arsenal for me they're the they're the ones and it's 
it's why I'm struggling. You know, going back going back to the previous topic, I wouldn't want to waste a spot on Zaka. I'd want to, I'd want at least one defender, either Gabriel or Saliba. They seem like the ones. You know, Gabriel's has despite the points, Gabriel's got the better attacking data um, than Saliba. So I made a little joke on the scoutcast that Saliba had been lucky. And I, I do kind of think he has. I do think, you know, looking at all the numbers and what we know about Gabriel, you know, if they're both nailed, then Gabriel is probably going to be the better pick for after the blank. So that wraps up my tips for game week 10. Um, now, like I said at the start of the video, um, please comment below, you know, any feedback you have. Um, this is the first time I've done a video basically talking to myself in my spare bedroom. Um, so I'd, I'd appreciate any feedback. And also for game week 11, if you can put suggestions in the comments, you know, even after the weekend, um, and then I can prepare, you know, some hot topics for game week 11 um, and we can get, you know, exactly what you want. Um, and don't forget to like, like the video, subscribe, all that good stuff. And thank you for joining me and good luck for game week 10. And please, 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 Captain Harland.